Welcome to IG's Trading at the Markets. I'm joined by a long-time guest of ours, Chris Versace, uh, Tomatica CIO, to talk about the latest uh, things that's been shaking up the markets, uh, most notably the CPI figure uh, weaker than expected, also that PPI figure as well now that's uh, getting most market watchers uh, to think that perhaps the Fed uh, might stand pat on interest rate. To hikes from now on. What is your reading of the numbers? Is it still too early to tell, or do you think that perhaps we could be looking at cuts next year? Well, you know, I, I have to tell you, you were right. The, the, the data that we got between the October CPI and the October PPI print clearly show that the Fed's efforts are indeed having progress on inflation. You know, we take a look at the October headline PPI, actually negative for the month. Uh, but to me, the real proof in the pudding was what we saw in the core CPI data, um, particularly on a year-over-year -year basis. Now, some will sit there and go, but, but Chris, it was up 4% year-over-year. True. But if you take a look at the monthly data over the last few months and you annualize that, you're looking at something that is just over 3%. That's a big move down compared to where we have been. And I think it's that particular data point, along with the others that we saw in the CPI and PPI reports that are indeed having the market believe that the Fed is done raising interest rates. But as you point out, the conversation now shifts to when is the timing for the first potential rate cut. Um, you know, you have to remember, we do have a presidential election uh, in the back half of 2024. To me, that says that we're likely to see the first cut, perhaps the June-July meeting, um, if we see even more progress on inflation and upcoming data, perhaps we could see that get pulled forward a little bit earlier in the year. What's also interesting, Chris, is uh, we just had that retail sales figure and we've had numbers from uh, Target and also TJX and things don't seem as dire uh, as uh, predicted. Uh, do you think that this could perhaps mean, you know, with that expectation now that perhaps rates are going to go up again, that retailers are going to have a not too bad shopping season? So, you know, it's interesting that you talk about, you know, uh, those companies. You can even take a look at Home Depot. Uh, it, along with Target, reported negative comps for the quarter. Uh, but yet, you know, the earnings are holding up. And I, I think that really points more to their ability to rein in costs. Uh, more so than anything else. But we're going to get a lot more data in the coming days. We're going to have Walmart, Ross stores, uh, Gap, uh, Macy's, Foot Locker. So we're, we're going to have a much better sense as to where the consumer is really spending. Uh, and I think it's the aggregate guidance that will really give us a clearer picture for the holiday shopping season. But I will say this, you know, when you parse some of the recent wage data against the inflation data that we just talked about, we are seeing real wage growth continue. We've also got falling gas prices. That could put a little more extra cash in consumer pockets. My thinking is that could lead us to perhaps a positive surprise for the holiday shopping season. Let's uh, spin forward to the fourth quarter as well, because we are kind of coming towards the end of the third quarter earnings season. And what we have seen is that in terms of the uh, 
individual earnings contributors, the ones that uh, contributed the most uh, in terms of Q3 uh, earnings, NVIDIA, Meta, uh, Amazon, I know you like that stock, uh, Apple, Wells Fargo, and some of the ones that didn't do very well, Pfizer, Eli Lilly, uh, Tesla. Where is the growth in terms of earnings, in terms of sectors going to come from in the back half of this year and as we head into uh, 2024? Well, I think you talked about you know a fair number of them that people are clearly zeroed in on. A lot of them tend to be in the Magnificent Seven, but I, but I would also say that you really need to understand the inflection point that we're seeing in a number of other end markets. Case in point, you know the smartphone market or the PC market. You know we've seen a lot of data pointing to those markets bottoming uh, in during the summer and starting to rebound with better prospects for 2024. So you can take a look at a company that's gotten really beaten up, like Qualcomm, for example, and when it's key, one of its key manufacturing partners, Taiwan Semiconductor, reports a 30-plus percent pop in their October revenue compared to September, it tells us that you know the smartphone market is rebounding. It also tells us we're going to see continued strength in high-performance computing, which, of course, includes data center, AI, and other areas. So... You know, I, I think we're going to have to continue to look for those types of signals, uh, areas that I'm a little concerned about. You know, I, I alluded to earlier that perhaps, um, you know, apparel could remain weak. We do have, continue to have a choosy, i.e. selective consumer out there. And, I, and again, I think we'll learn a little bit more about those prospects in the next couple of days. Uh, we're also going to want to continue to watch the housing market. Uh, we might have a potential inflection point there. Uh, mortgage rates are coming down. Uh, we are going to get housing starts for the month of October later this week. Um, you know, to the extent that rates are down and housing becomes incrementally more affordable, that might, paired with continued job growth, be a positive for the housing market. And finally, um, I've noticed that you've got this thematic model called guilty pleasure. Uh, and um, it'd be nice for you to kind of tell us what exactly is in this model. And is it uh, perhaps something our clients could look at uh, to sort of um, hedge their bets, uh, given there's so much uncertainty in the next few months? So we have a variety of models, uh, all you know, thematic in nature. And what we like to give is targeted exposure for investors. Uh, in terms of guilty pleasure, it's really zeroing in on those things that people will buy, no matter what the economic environment is, kind of um, you know, lovable discretionary purchases that we can't live without. Uh, you could think of it as you know, chocolate, for example. So you know, Hershey. Um, you can take a look at it as uh, coffee, so whether it's Starbucks or other coffee companies, those are the types of names that are in there. Those Again, those guilty pleasures, um, we could see them perform rather well in the holiday shopping season. Remember, too, with chocolate, we're came, particularly in the States, we're coming out of Halloween into Thanksgiving, the, and then, of course, the year-end holidays, typically a very, very strong time of year for those types of purchases. Right, thank you very much. We have to leave it there. Uh, Chris Versace, uh, Tomatica CIO, uh, they're talking to us all the way from Washington, D.C. This is IG's Trading the Markets.